Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Hallelujah. Say the Old Testament. Say the New Testament. The Bible is made up of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Have you paused to think about why do we call it Testament? Testament. Old Testament. New Testament. Why Testament? What's a testament? What's a testament? Testament is a will, isn't it? So a testament is a will. Let's all say a testament is a will. I finished my message. You didn't get it. A testament is a will. It's a will. It's not actually a prophecy. It's a will. It's a will. Whose will? A will is not a will till the, the one whose will it is, who made the will, dies. So, the reason why some people can't have a will is because they don't have anything. Most people are going to Syria and stuff like that. They don't have will because they don't have anything. But some of you already have wills. But if you don't have a will, if you don't have anything, what are you going to will to? Think about what I'm saying. A will. You got something. A will contains something that belongs to another which he wants to be passed over to another in his absence. New Testament, Old Testament. This is not for theology. It's a will to claim. Ah. (laughs) It's a will to claim. Everything inside there is already made available for you. Why am I not having it? That's why we are are doing this seminar. (laughs) The reason why you are not experiencing what has been bequeathed to you is because of faith issues. He died and gave it to us and he said, now the just shall live, shall enjoy it, shall have it. By faith. If you don't have faith, you can't have it. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16, it talks about how a testament. For where there is a testament, there must also of... That statement of necessity alone, it sounds so powerful for me. Of necessity. Hey! Where there is a will, okay, where there is a will, where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the one who is now given to you. That's why Jesus came to die. 
When Peter said, you can't die, he said, you are not, get behind me, Satan. You are stopping the people of God from receiving receiving everything for all the promises of God in him. Because it's, it's, it's become a will. So all the promises of God, whatever God has said in Christ, is a done for you. In Him, I Shaba. You are not miserable. The problem is the faithlessness. But you, you are not miserable. Never feel sorry for yourself if you are born again. Never feel sorry for yourself. Never feel sorry for anyone connected to you. Never feel sorry for your children. Never feel sorry for anybody connected or who matters to you if you are born again because you are not sorrowful. Sorryful. The only problem is faithlessness. Jesus had to go through everything to make sure you are going to have it. Now he has finished it on the cross. John chapter 19, verse 30. He said, Tetelestia, Tetelestia, paid in full, finished. They tempted him. They insulted him. They, 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 were, they were shouting at him and said, you save others. Now, if you say you are the son of God, come down from that cross. And do you know how they said? They said, and we will believe you. <laughs> Can you imagine? He said, whosoever believes in you shall, have, shall not perish. He said, no, you come from the cross, we'll believe you. Now that we have hung you on the cross. <laughs> Look at you. If you had a child. And the one of the thieves had the audacity to say, you are saying, so why don't you save yourself and save us too? But you know, I didn't listen. Why? Because he had to finish it on the cross. Die. He was there to die. Die. So that he can append his signature on the will. The signature was his blood. Shed his blood to endorse this will. Because we understand that without the shedding of blood, testament can't come. Well, the issue of sin can't work. So it must be sealed with blood. So... He died to change, watch this, to move the thing from just covenant into a testament. (laughs) So that it's not just a covenant, I will do this, this are the things. It's a testament, I have done this and it's ready for you. I'm ready to you. Why am I not getting it? That's why we are doing first seminar. Because the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. It only works by faith. I said it only works by faith. But why must God do it like that so that it just it should have just happened to me? No, it doesn't. Because it takes faith to walk with God. Without faith, it's not possible to please God. But why must God hide it somewhere so that I have to go through something? No, no, no. The nature of God and the nature of human beings are such that if you want to walk with God, you just have to believe that he is. So it's not like God is trying to make things difficult for you by trying to say, okay, you have to pass faith, faith, faith. And I'm trying, but it's hard, it's hard. No, no, no. no. It's not like that. It is just that God, who he is, and the way we think, 
And the way we do our things, for us to be able to work with God, you might as well, you have to decide to choose to believe what he says to be final. Other than that, you will take what the doctors are saying as final and say, God, if you can do something, then do something about it. And he said, but you've already gone with that. You have given your commitment, you have given your heart to something else, to your job, to your money, to your, your crisis, to the situation, to what the doctors are there, what the devil is telling you, what the situations are telling you, what your background is telling you. You have believed it so much that God is saying to you, you can't even hear him. And he's giving you the wisdom. I've done it for you. I've done it for you. It's for you, for you. But he said, no, no, no. And you are making decisions based not on his will, but making decisions based on your assumptions and what you have been told. And you are suffering what everyone suffers, getting what every ordinary person gets. And there's nothing exceptional about you. And you are saying, God, but where are you? I am where I have, I'm where I have always been when you decide to go for the trip. Is that one getting something? So in Hebrews, we understand that um, God began to teach us a lot of things when you study the book of Hebrews about how Jesus Christ, God himself, came down to reach out to us in Jesus Christ, and he went to the cross and died on the cross. And Hebrews explains a lot of things. But I discovered that when you read Hebrews, you get to the chapter 10. Okay, let's go to chapter 10. Let me show you something. Hebrews chapter 10. So, Hebrews chapter 3 talks about Moses, Jesus better than Moses. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about the rest of God. Hebrews chapter 5 talks about the, um, how the, the priesthood. It talks about the priesthood. And 6 talks about basic things and growing in the law. And 7 talks about Melchizedek, Christ, Melchizedek, the type of priesthood Christ has come into. Chapter 8 talks about the kind of sacrifices that he has, is offering on our behalf because he's a high priest. And then verse Hebrews chapter 9 talks about the necessity of blood and how a testament is enacted. And then Hebrews chapter 10 still continues taking it further about the fact that we have a high priest. So spoke about Aaron and Jesus is high. Jesus is a priest. He's saying that now, but now Jesus Christ didn't, didn't come from the tribe, the priesthood tribe. He came from the royal tribe, Judah. But that royal tribe, no one can be a priest if you are from that tribe. You can be a king, but not a priest. So how come Jesus is from that tribe of which Moses said nothing, the law said nothing about priesthood, yet you are saying Jesus is, Jesus is a priest. So he had to make, that, make it clear that Jesus' type of priesthood is not the ironic type of priesthood. It's not the Levitical type of priesthood. It's not the priesthood that is based on earthly human commandment, the commandment given to, given to them. By, but it's a priesthood uh, 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 Hebrews chapter, 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 chapter 7 verse 14. Okay, look at Hebrews chapter 7 verse 14. I'm talking about faith. Say faith. faith. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. All right, verse 15. And it is yet more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest, okay, who has come not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. Now, his priesthood is not just based on because the law said, the law said it, but his priesthood is because of an, an endless, the power of an endless life which he possesses. 
Melchizedek didn't have a beginning, didn't have an end, didn't have father, didn't have mother. He was a priest of the Most High God. So Jesus Christ's priesthood is according to the order of Melchizedek. And he says that, that's a, this is an interesting, Jesus Christ's priesthood, Jesus became a priest. All those guys um, of Aaron, Aaron and sons, they became priests based on the law. Okay, if you are in the Levitical tribe, you can be a priest. If you are, you are. So based on the law. But Jesus' own, it was based on a, an oath. God swore that you are my son. <laughs> Today you are a priest forever. That's a serious order. This one, the law, so he said, and it's here, it's uh, the law. Okay, verse 17, verse 17 quickly. For he testified, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Verse 18. For, for on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because it was weak and unprofitable. So the old, that's why we have the Old Testament. It was weak. There are some things inside that was weak and unprofitable. But now we, we have, so God had to annul it. In other words, God had to change the system and install this Jesus system, this Hebrew system, so that you and I have come into a better. Bible said that it was not profitable. That means that you have come into something that is profitable. So if you don't have profit, there is something wrong with your connection. Uh, if you are not getting profit in Christianity, there is something wrong with your connection. Check your connection point. <laughs> and the connection is faith. Wow. This is interesting. And so we have there was that because the previous one was not profitable, it had to be annulled. So that this this new covenant. This New Testament can be activated on our behalf. And all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. And so Christ had to prepare all this for us and he sealed it by his blood. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Oh my God, I am grateful. We are grateful to you, Lord. We are thankful to you, Lord. All right, I didn't finish. Let me just finish this. Thing. There's something here I didn't finish. Let me just, chapter 7. Let's just go back a little bit to chapter 7. And where, I, where did I stop? Unprofitable, okay. Because, verse 18, because it was weak. And uh, because of its weakness and its unprofitableness. For the Lord made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope. All right, note that text. There is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Remember that. A better hope through which we draw near to God. And in, and in as much as he was not made priest without an oath, for they, they have become priests without an oath, by he with an oath, by him who said to him, the law has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever. Okay. This is the spirit of the God swore. I swear you are a priest forever. So we've got a priest forever. In Christianity, some of the, the biggest benefits of Christianity that makes everything a reality is first, we have got a priest, high priest forever, who understands and is always interceding for you. But not just that, we also have access to the throne of grace, the, 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 the holies of holies, by the blood of Jesus. So then there's nothing that God has which you can't have access to. 
That's this New Testament, the new will. Everything that God has made available, you have access to it. Including healing, including children, including health, including uh, good jobs, including financial prosperity, including marital bliss. Everything that God has made, when God said it was good, everything God calls good, you have access to it if you are born again. Shout yes. Yes. So now, verse chapter 10, verse 22, it says that therefore having, watch this, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holies by the blood of Jesus, that's one of the things we already have, so you can enter God's presence. How do you enter? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and a living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his, his flesh. So when the veil got torn, that's his flesh. When his flesh was ripped, it was the veil. That's what Pastor always talking about, violence. He went through all this violence to make sure we have access now. So he said, therefore, having boldness to enter, you have boldness, you can enter God's presence. Don't be afraid. Having boldness to enter and, uh, uh, through the blood of Jesus and a new and a living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, which is his flesh, verse 21, and having a priest over the house of God. So two things we have. Boldness to enter through the blood. And then what else? And a high priest. <laughs> boldness to enter as soon as you go it's like it's like you have the boldness to enter Buckingham Palace and as soon as you enter your brother or your mom your dad is sitting there already speaking to the queen on your behalf so it makes getting your possession in this land very easy because you can enter Buckingham Palace not just that too there's someone always with the queen who is speaking for you these two things. Serious. So then, you don't have any reason to struggle. Wow. 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 He said, therefore, having. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Therefore, brethren, have. Say, having. It's not that going to have. It's that having. We are, so it's granted that you know. That, no, you shouldn't. If you say that, oh, you are not. Uh, am I a woman? Is there a matter I go to hospital to go and check? No, no I'm, I'm just not a woman. So these are done deals. Wow. A testament means it's done already. So I said, therefore, having boldness to go, you don't have to be questioning about that. It's already done. And then two, having a high priest who is sitting at the right hand of God, having this, it's already done. Already done. This, that's what I'm telling you. It's a testament. Testament, you got it already. Yeah. <laughs> having this on, uh, having this Going for us, what do you have to do? Now, that's where we are going. This has been done for you, so now how do you access it? That's where we are going. Watch this. Um, thank you, Jesus. Therefore, brethren, having uh, verse 22, let us draw near. <laughs> Number one, heart, heart, the heart, true heart, true heart. I'm talking about the components of genuine faith. There must be truthfulness in your heart. Genuineness in your heart. It's that Bible says that with the heart, man believeth. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. With the heart, man believeth. With the heart, man believeth. In, 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 in Mark chapter 11, it says that, For assuredly I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into it, and does not doubt in his heart. 
Listen, genuine faith, violent faith, true faith is a matter of the heart. Hallelujah. It's a matter of the heart. So you have to be careful what is affecting your heart. Anything that affects your heart will affect your faith. Ingredients, components of overcoming faith. Components of over, the faith that works. These are major pillars of the faith. Heart. Bro, check your heart. If I were you, I'll find a way of getting a spiritual ECG machine. Huh? SECG. Is that what it's called, brother? Oh, S, yeah, yeah, yeah. S-E-C-G, yeah. Spiritual electrocardiograph machine. <laughs> your heart beats. Your heart. Some, sometimes, you know, you hang around some people, your heart is beginning to, it's affecting your faith. And you're wondering, why am I, I my faith keeps going cold, cold, going low. It's because your heart. Because this thing comes, said, therefore let us come. After all these uh, things that have been, now he said, now what am I supposed to do? Come, come with a, put, put it, so let us come with a true heart. In a true heart, in full assurance of faith. The assurance of faith, you, are, you know that this thing is working. It's working. And don't be saying one thing in your, in your head and then in your heart you mean something else. So a true heart in full assurance of faith. Wow. The thing you are knowing that this thing is in my heart. Wow. This thing, you can't take it. You can, you can try and say anything, but you can't convince me otherwise because he's entered my heart. I believe it. I believe it. He died for me and I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm not going to remain the same like this. Hey! True assurance of heart. Second Timothy chapter, chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1, interesting. Verse 5. It says, Now the purpose of the commandments is love. It's love from a pure heart. Do you see that? Love from a pure heart, from good conscience, and from, a, from sincere faith. So I'll mention conscience later, but remember it's there. Love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Love from a pure heart. 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 Conscience. Faith. Heart. Conscience. Faith. From a pure heart. And so, therefore, let us, let us draw near like that. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience. You see the conscience has showed up here? Hello? Hi. You can't have strong faith if your conscience is, is affected. If your conscience is not clean. Oh, I believe God. I believe God. This woman, the husband will die. Yes. Hey. Uh, or this, no, this man, the wife will die and I'll marry him. Him. Oh, this woman, I believe God. She will lose her job. I believe God, and I will get that job. I believe God. And you, and something is telling you, but that is not godly. 
That's an evil conscience. That's an evil. Violent faith, faith doesn't mean aggression against people. True heart. Your heart must be pure. 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 Pure heart. Pure heart. You are claiming, I claim the husband. I claim the wife. I claim the house just to spite somebody too. So you are spoiling this whole faith thing. Because you are a competitor. You are not a believer, you are a competitor. And you find another way to compete by saying that at this thing in the Bible, so I'm going to claim it to compete. I'm claiming to prove. I'm claiming to go. And so all along, whilst you are running, you are not focusing on the end. You are focusing on how close your opponent is getting to you. So if it's coming, getting closer, you intensify your speed. If it's not, it's far from you, you relax a bit. And so actually, it's not a record you are trying to break. It's someone you are trying to outrun. The components of genuine faith, the components of overcoming faith, the components of violent faith is from a pure heart, first of all. Pure heart. So if your heart is polluted, the faith will be polluted. In Proverbs chapter 4, he said, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, 21, 22, 23. He said, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of... King James says, I think King James says, for out of it are the issues. Guard it. Guard your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Out of your heart are the issues of life. And the way to your heart... It's your eyes and your ears. You are surprised why your heart is not straight. It's not that you didn't want it to be straight. You have been hearing the wrong stuff and watching. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so you have become a religious practitioner. You come to church regularly. We say shout. You are shouting. Shout. Shout. But not with a pure heart. Because your heart, the thing that has been entering your heart has affected your, the, the, the condition of your heart. Many people need heart surgery. To have a thriving faith, you need a heart surgery. Heart surgery. And the best heart surgeon is God's word. Watch, watch, watch this. How is it? If you take it in and humble your Bible, say receive with meekness. Sometimes I discovered, bro, some people who come, they are listening. Some of the, of late, some of the things I've been sharing is very strong. Ooh, very strong. This revival has brought some strong teachings. And I realized some people, and they, they like that atmosphere, but they are not happy. The teaching is hard because they are not ready to change. They are not ready to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save your soul. James chapter 1 verse 21. 
He said, therefore, putting us, lay aside all naughtiness, uh, uh, said, lay aside all filthiness and, and overflow. I like King James. I like King James. I, like, I, was, I was born again in King James, okay? <laughs> Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Did you see that? People are too naughty because they said, no one can tell me what I should do. Don't tell me what, I, what to do. You are teaching me. Some of these things are too hard. I won't take it. They have they made up their mind. They want what you should. They want to tell you what you should tell them. They want to tell you what God's word should say to them. Some other parts of the Bible, don't read it to me because I am not interested. It is a superfluity of naughtiness. Naughtiness to overflow. It's like a fountain of naughtiness. Ooh, ooh. You are a tourist attraction to the demons. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Naughtiness, full of themselves. What they have made up their mind to do, that's what they will do. Remember, I will never forget this experience. We are doing Bible studies before, before church starts, uh, Sunday school. And then we are treating this, I think, First Peter chapter, first, first Timothy chapter 5, where it says that people, those who, uh, who, who sin publicly, it says rebuke them openly. I remember some people argument. They say, no, 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 no. That's what they, they, even that, if that's what the Bible says, I don't think it's right for someone to do something wrong and you rebuke the person. No, 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 I will never accept that. So, I mean, I, he said, even if that's what the Bible is saying, I don't think it's right. See, that is what we call naughtiness. Superfluity of naughtiness. And you are wondering, all oh, this thing we are hearing is not working. You are spoiling, you are not making it work. Because the condition of your heart is bad. He said, alas, master, the, water, the land is pleasant, but the water is bad. The word, the word I'm receiving, my, I'm happy about it, but the soul of my heart is bad, so the word can't grow. Wow. Anytime you know this is from, from God, it doesn't matter who is saying it. It doesn't matter what, what, why you think they are saying it. If your, your, your husband is quoting to you or your wife is quoting to you and your wife is telling you that, honey, but the way you are treating me is done. The Bible said, husbands, love your wife. They don't say, hey, don't be quoting that. Don't be quoting now. I won't listen. And even, even if the Bible says, you see, that's superfluity of naughtiness. Now, once, once the Bible is brought in, you must be humble enough to say, hey, this is the Bible. Say, well, I will not argue in that area. I will behave, I might as well behave, I didn't even hear it. I, I actually must behave, I didn't hear it, than to challenge what you are saying and say, put the Bible aside. Superfluity of nothingness, and your soul will not be saved. Your soul will control you, and you will not be happy with yourself every time you be crying about yourself. I don't like who I am. I don't like my temper. I don't like the way I behave. I'm always disappointing myself because your soul is not saved. <laughs> hey! Oh, man. Overcoming Yes. For your faith to overcome, yeah. you yourself, the word must overcome your heart. How can an overcoming faith issue out of a heart that has not been converted by the word of God? You are blessed. Amen. I say you are blessed. Amen. So, it says that, therefore, lay aside all filthiness. I don't want to go into the filthiness bit. Because it will make some to your Christmas, because this Christmas, all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, 
<laughs> Superfluity of nothingness. And receive, watch this. This is what it said. Lay it aside and now receive with meekness the engrafted. When you the engrafted, I think the NIVs use the word the implant or amplify. Use the word the implant. We meet the engrafted word, but amplify. One of the I think amplify use the implant. It's an implant. You have to receive the word which is implanted and rooted. You know what an implant is? I've always explained this. An implant. When I have an implant, if I have, I have silicone in my chest, you see me, you think I'm no, I'm, it looks, you will never see the difference because the thing is part of me, even though it's silicone. It's planted inside. So it makes me look different from the way I originally I would have looked. If you let the word of God be implanted in you, it makes you behave different from originally the way you would have behaved. But it can't just work. You have to receive it. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, the implanted word of God. They say what? It is able to save your souls. There are people who are very unhappy with themselves, who they are. Because every time they are throwing tantrums, every relationship they enter, they mess everything up. Every job they get, they go and fight with somebody. And, and they are not happy with themselves because of their character. Their character. Not that you are, you, you don't want to be, but by the time you realize you are already insulted your boss, you don't know what is wrong with you. You have this bad temper. Any distant woman who comes around your life, by the time you realize you've, you've abused her verbally and she's cried and left your life and your children are afraid to come around you because sometimes you are like a monster and you don't understand what is wrong with you and you, say, you feel like, ah, why do I even behave like this? I even don't know. And my emotions are controlling me. I don't know what is wrong with me. It's the word you are not receiving. It's the word you are not receiving because the word is coming to save you from your soul, save you from yourself. But we don't receive the word. And then we have left the things that we need to be saved from so long as our soul is concerned. And we are saying, I receive it. I, re- I receive what? I receive what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, conscience. So, true heart and a conscience. Conscience. Godly conscience. Clear conscience. Listen, your conscience is God's police officer. It's inside. God will use your conscience to tell you, no, you can't say that. You can't do that. You can't go there. You can't do that. No, no, you are not married here. Don't do it. You can't do that. You can't do that. Some of you, when you come to church, sometimes your conscience, because of some things, their conscience sometimes can prick you and you become guilty. Without that, you are dying, you know. You need a healthy conscience that will break you. Oh, I can't do that. Ah, I can't insult my husband. I can't insult my wife. I can't steal from the usher's basket. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't take advantage of that sister. I can't take advantage of that brother. I can't do that. I can't do that. He doesn't know, but I can't lie to him. She doesn't know, but I won't lie to her. I can't do that. Your conscience, your conscience. So some of us, the faith thing is not working because the conscience, we, we still carry some evil conscience around. And the blood of Jesus Christ, it cleanses us from evil conscience. Wow. So the components of faith, true heart, good conscience. Uh-huh, did you get that? True heart, good conscience, 
um, drawn near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hey. Pure water, pure water. Someone shall pure water. Shall pure water. What's pure water? He's talking about God's word. Your body, your body, your body washed with pure water. Who you are, your actions, your activities have been cleansed by God's word. Some of you already, people are shocked to see the way you have changed. Yeah, you tell them it's pure water. You've come into contact with pure water. (laughs) Pure water. They are shocked. Your ex-boyfriend called you the other time, Christmas. He said, oh, I have a shoe for you. Oh, I have an earring for you. And Piotr expected you so much. He said, sorry, I'm going to church. So it is you. But he was the one who used to go to church. And you didn't like going to church. Can I give you an advice, please? Those of you who are in church, and yet pure water is not purifying you, and you are in relationship with people who are not in church, one day they will find the light and they will see you are a big hypocrite. And they will jettison you up. It happened to a certain lady. It happened to a certain lady years ago. She used to go to church. She used to be in the ashes. You know, those people, they are in ashes, they are in uh, uh, choir, they are in every department. They, they are always in. But after church, she will just live a normal life. There's nothing different about her. After church, she goes to her boyfriend's house for feasting. And <laughs> so, how far are you? Oh, I'm coming. We're just close. I'm just interacting with some brothers and sisters. I'll, I'll see you shortly. And then she go and wash the word out of her system for the week. She was going on for a, I mean, it was normal. And the guy thought, I mean, that's part of church. So sometimes, oh, are you not going to church? I'll go later, later. Let's, let's, I just want to come and visit you. Oh, go and come. And things like that. And one day, one of the Salvation Squad members met the guy just preaching. And the guy met Jesus, gave his life to Jesus, went to Caris. And he found out that, wow, I'm not born again. So... The lady was coming later after church. She said, hey, the lady came. So said, where have you been? I went to church. Ah, what, what do you go? I went to church. I'm serious. And he said, well, he said, no, no, please. I'm no more in a relationship again. Why? He said, I'm not a Christian. I don't know what kind of Christian you were. Ah. I mean, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I'm washed with pure water. <laughs> Sister, one day that brother eyes will be washed with pure, pure water. <laughs> Brother, one day that sister will be washed with pure water. Yeah. Be washed with pure water. And he will spew you out of his life. Uh, wow. uh, like the way demons are ricketed. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, but you know God sent me to you. I don't even see why you should sin with somebody. 
<laughs> because that person, God can change the person. If, yeah. Even though you are stubborn, God is not changing. You are not changing. God can touch the person's heart. Yeah. Or Satan can enter their heart and they will go and tell everybody. <laughs> oh, today you are best of friends. You never know. They will turn against you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes. You have managed to secure yourself a partner in the choir. Mm. <laughs> partner, after choir rehearsal, Saturday night, between Saturday night, Sunday morning, hey. you, are you are swimming in the rivers of Babylon. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Pure water. Someone shall pure water. water. Shall pure water. water. That's what is making the faith not work. And you are trying. But your body has not been washed with pure water. And so component of faith, in other words, purity. Purity. Number one, component of faith. Number one, as I said, true heart. Number two, clear conscience or good conscience. Number three, purity. Purity. How many of you have tried walking by faith when you know sin is still within your life? And you realize it's a struggle? Oh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Sometimes pastor is standing here and he's declaring, I declare a miracle for you this way. And then when the people are receiving it. And you, you, you know that, no, this thing I know is not working. It's not going to work. I know it. As soon as you need us, I say, hey, get up. Get up. <laughs> as soon as you lift up your hands, I receive it again. Bring your hands down. Do you think you are talking about you? Bring your hands down. And so some people are taking their hands and they stay like they remember. Oh. And anytime we have a shiloh hour, pray. And anytime, listen, anytime there's a powerful word in a shiloh hour environment or miracle service environment, powerful word, pray. And they say, everybody now pray and they begin to claim that you don't start the claim. You start the reparation word. Lord, please. In fact, now I don't. What's others already going? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, Lord. You are crying, no? Others are already claiming. Yeah, you are crying. Yes, you. Shall we, before we begin our prayer meeting, shall we pray and ask for forgiveness? For uh, my friend, my friend, the ones we know and the ones we don't know. Let's go. My friend, go and sort that out before you come. Let's get on with business. Sin of omission and sin of commission. <laughs> Known and unknown. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm saying we can pray corporately for forgiveness of sins. God forgive our land. We can be praying that God forgive our land, forgive our sins corporately or forgive. But the personal sins. When you are coming to church, as soon as you enter, you, no, don't wait till church time. As soon as you find yourself with it, you come out of it, come to yourself and say, Lord, I repent, I forsake this thing, and I'm going on with you. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So it's, 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 sin, sin, sin must be sorted for faith to work. Sin are like impurities in the oil. That will not make the engine run properly. Everybody's engine is running. The faith engine. Your faith engine has such cold. Something is choking it. Sister, you are not enjoying it. You are choking your faith. And so you can't have access to the will. All the promises of God, Bible says that they are yes in Christ. One leg, the one leg that is outside of Christ will make other things not work. Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Do you see that? Let's hold fast the confession of your hope. In other words, this one is not confession of faith, it's a confession of our hope. The confession of our hope. Listen, faith, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The major element of faith, hope. You must have hope for you to, for faith, for there to be faith. You must have hope. And when you find the hope in God's word, you, you don't keep quiet. You don't keep quiet. Hold fast the confession. Hold fast the confession. Hold fast the confession of our hope. Hey! Without wavering. Today you are saying it. Tomorrow you have changed it. Today you are saying one. Tomorrow you are saying two. Today you are saying one. Tomorrow you are saying two. So you are oscillating between points. We can't tell like a pendulum. Unstable. 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 He said, first of all, you must, genuine faith will definitely have hope. Genuine faith is built on hope. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So there must be good heart, a pure heart, clear conscience or good conscience, a pure conscience. Purity, <laughs> and what? Hope, hope, confession of hope, keeping confession of hope in, in a consistent manner. In a consistent manner. Uh, it will come back again, consistency, but let me move on to, to show you the next point. Confession of, um, without wavering. Oh, what, do you know why? He said, because he who has promised Say promise. Why should you keep your the confession of your hope without wavering? For he has promised who he has promised. Okay. Alright. So listen. Every faith, if you have faith, it keeps an eye on the promise of God. Faith is always connected to a promise from God. You have a hope in the promise. And your faith is working towards it. So there must be a, something in view. How would you know? Study your word. Read your Bible. Take what God says. Take it for yourself. 
Believe that it's just addressed to you. If he says that by his stripes we are healed, why, do, why won't you take it? Take it. And believe that me, even though your leg. Please, please, for heaven's sake, don't say this thing is killing me. Don't say this sickness is killing you. Don't say, oh, <laughs> this is my friend. <laughs> you, have, you have enjoyed yourself so much. <laughs> Jackie Chan will kill me. <laughs> don't, don't say those things. Don't say those things. Don't say, hey, these children will kill me. Don't say those things. Don't say those things. Oh, my wife, you will kill me. Don't say those things. Oh, my brother. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This job is killing me. Don't say that. The, conf the confession of your hope is what should stay in your mouth based on the promise of God. So the ingredients of faith, definitely God promised. There's a promise of God. And the promise is all loaded in the text. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So number one, true heart, number two, I can't hear you. Number two. Good conscience. Number three. Number three. I can't hear you. Number three. Why? Some people can't say it. Number three. Number four. Hope. 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 Hope is there. Hope. 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 Number five. Consistency. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. All right. Number six. Love. Love. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 50, verse 14, he said, When I heard of your um, love for the saints and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Say love. 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 Say love. 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 Love is important. Okay. Listen to this very carefully. Because a lot of people have trivialized that whole subject of love. Thinking, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. I have faith. Love. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. It talks about how when we heard of your love, your love towards the saints. I think I need to get to my own Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your, your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all this, they go together. Faith and love. Faith and love. Read the Bible very carefully. You find out faith and love and hope. Faith and love and hope. The Bible said these three things abide. Faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. In um, 1 Timothy 1.5. Now, the purpose of the commandment is what? Love from a pure heart, from good conscience, and sincere faith. Love. From a pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith, love. So faith works by love. So if your love is questionable, now let's get this issue of love carefully. Because there are a lot of religious people and you say, it's all about love. It's all about love. If someone is, someone is hungry by the roadside and I can stop and just sit there and feed the person, that is God for me. 
Oh, come on. When we talk about love, we are not talking about just, just an indiscriminate care for humanity. It's love for God which manifests in the way you care about people. So the main object of your love is God. If I love God, the way I treat you will be different. If I love God, the way I forgive my wife will be different. I won't forgive my wife like any other person forgive their wife. I forgive my wife because of my love for God. So he says that how can you claim you love God whom you have not seen? And it doesn't reflect on the man, the love for the man whom you have seen. So it means that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, somewhere there, which means that when you love God, it affects the way you treat men. It's as simple as that. But don't make uh, love for everybody, love for the dogs, love for the cats, love for everything, universe, uh, the, the, the pinnacle of Christianity. No, the pinnacle of Christianity is Christ. Love for Christ. Jesus asked, do you love me more than these things? It's love for Christ. And when you love Christ, you end up taking care of his church. Say love. Love. There are people who are filled with bitterness, hatred, jealousy, anger, and envy, and yet want to walk in faith. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Forgive your ex-boyfriend. Forgive your husband. Forgive your ex-girlfriend. Forgive your wife. Forgive that person who hurt you that bad. Forgive him. Forgive her. It will make your faith work well. I'm sharing some interesting things on faith. Very interesting. Hallelujah. And then let me add this last one. Love. Let's all say love. So it says, let's consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exalting one another. But exalting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Association. Fellowship. Fellowship will keep your faith. It will help you keep your faith. When the, the devil is beginning to <laughs> silence people to kill them, first of all, he has to move them out of church. You know how he does it? First, watch this. Satan doesn't just come and put a gun and come and leave church. No, he won't do that. First of all, you realize that you are in church, but your heart is beginning to find a lot of problems with brothers and sisters in church. That's where people leave before they leave. That's it. So then later on, you find out, oh, we haven't seen your sister for two weeks. Oh, yes, yes. In fact, I've had so many visitors. They are all coming to my house. I'm feeding them. And when one finishes, the other one's coming. So suddenly, so many reasons. If I'm, when I'm about to close work, as soon as I'm about to leave work, my, my boss asked me to stay a bit longer because of the Christmas season. He's asking me to do extra hours, even though I'm not expecting any extra pay. <laughs> Several reasons why you are absent from the church. But before it happens, they sit in church and then pastor, this pastor preached too long, too long. Everybody shouts. Rise to your feet and shout. They'll be chewing gum. 
So when you, when you listen to people, you can tell their heart has begun to wobble. They are in church, but their heart has begun to wobble. Wobble. They are, when they are sitting on a chair, you can tell the chair is not stable. <laughs> chair. Listen, your absence from church affects you more than the church. Oh. Your absence from church affects you more than the church. How many of you have been absent from church before? Did, did the church stop to wait for you? Things move. God is a movement. He's always moving. He said the way that you hear the sound of the wind, but you can't tell where it's coming from. You feel it. You can't tell. That's how God, the Spirit, is always moving. It's always moving. What I'm trying to say is that, listen, when you exempt yourself from the fellowship of the brethren, it affects the strength of your faith. It affects the strength of your faith. And, sir, I've discovered that sometimes it's over a period of time. It's usually after a period of time you realize how much you have missed out. But when it's happening, you don't realize. You can miss anyhow, you don't, it doesn't bother you. What is it? I pray 90 days, what for me? I won't come. I will come 10 days. If you don't like, stop the 90 days. I won't come. I won't come. Face seminar. Face seminar. I'm going to come once. Going to come. Morning session. Ha! Bank holiday. I'm going to lie in. They normally show nice movies. <laughs> Listen, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. He said, do not forsake the assembly of yourself together. It's part of the deal. It's part of, it makes all that, though Christ has died for you, become a reality. Okay, okay. So are you trying to tell me those who don't go to church here and their church don't have a service like this, are you trying to tell me their faith will not work? No, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you that the GP who took care of your father <laughs> is different from the GP that's taking care of your landlord. <laughs> So if your, if your landlord decides to relate to his GP like the way your father was relating to his GP, it's likely that he will suffer because the sicknesses they are not the same. Another point. They don't, yeah, I mean, I'm not gone because my brother is even in university. They don't go for lectures every day. But why I me? Mean, I'm in year five. Every day I have to go for lectures. Year five in university is different. You look at your school and your level before you determine how you run your race. God, this church, sir, this church has been put here by God because of you. Because of you. It's, a, it's like it to meet special needs. Specific needs. Sister, hey, brother, you are not here by accident. Oh, no. No way. No way. You are not here by accident. Hey, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. So don't let someone just remove you and put you somewhere. Is that this place is a bit more comfortable. You will die comfortably. 
Because your location is produced, is produced at the location. The allocation has been tied to that location. Listen, I grew up in Ghana. Cassavas, I've seen cassava growing. Some of you, you've never seen cassava growing before. Because United Kingdom, the soil does not support cassava. Until the climate cannot, until I came to United Kingdom, I didn't actually know that there are trees, actually apple trees. I thought the ones that were there used to be in the Garden of Eden, and that's it. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? All the point I'm making is that. We are not all the same. You can't say that this one, the mother was breastfeeding feeding her on SMA. So why don't you also do SAS or you want to do express or um, natural? Because this, this one, the mother didn't have eczema by you. It's in your blood. So they are managing something. God is managing something for your future. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't compare yourself to somebody. Because you are not somebody. You are you. Very special. Very unique. Don't forsake the gathering of the assembly. Because Pastor Charles, I've seen it too much. After five years, after ten years, people regret for the way they took the things of God very lightly. And then they later say, I didn't know. I didn't. But it's too late. You can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. And there's no, I've never seen anyone taking God's work so serious, taking the things of God so serious, and I've suffered shipwreck. If you are doing it well, I am a living example. I am a living example. My wife is a living example. People who knew us from our teenage years, our youthful years, will tell you that this guy has been doing it for years in the same way. For over two and a half, almost two and a half decades, it's only one Sunday on record that I didn't go to church. One, two and a half decades. One, before some of you were born, I was already going to church. And when we dedicate your grandchildren, I'll still be going to church. When you read, go down, down to 35, it's, it's an interesting point there. Let me end on that. <coughs> Hebrews 10, 35. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, 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 which has a great reward. It has great, there's great reward waiting you. Awaiting, there's great reward awaiting you. There's great reward awaiting you. Which has great reward. Go to the next verse, verse 36. For you have need of endurance. That's the next one. The next one, patience or endurance. That's the last one. Let me just give it as the last one. Patience or endurance. You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you receive what? The promise. The promise works for those who are willing to wait on God. Because God is faithful. Amen. But we are not of them that draw back. What's your next verse? For for yet a little while, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, look at this. Now the just. You see what he's been talking about all along? It's this faith thing. 
The just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul, that my, you see the mind is capital. God is talking, you know, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Don't draw back. Stay consistent. Stay with the faith. So, the, 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 I know I mentioned consistency. It's part of it. The, 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 the overcoming faith, one of the ingredients is consistency. And the last of the ingredients, as, uh, as I mentioned, is in the verse 35, endurance. You have need of patience, so keep enduring. Thank you, Lord. Keep enduring. See, don't change what you are saying, okay? Keep saying God's word. Keep homologia. Keep homologia. Just don't worry. It doesn't matter what you are not seeing. Keep saying it. Keep believing and keep putting on, pushing on, and keep being ragged and stubborn in your faith. And see, God will honor his name in your life. Did somebody receive something? Did somebody receive something? Come on, give God a big, big, big clap and shout hallelujah. Praise God. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.